you may have realized that being healthy feels different than it did in the past now that you're over 50. If you want to maximize your health potential but don't have time to read through overwhelming pages of Google links, this is the show for you. Welcome to Healthy Tips After 50. We love doing the research, finding solutions, talking to health experts, and learning what works and what doesn't. Now, your host. She spent the last 25 years dedicated to feeling her best and is here to share her best findings with you, Susan Rosen. Hello, everyone. This is your host, Susan Rosen, in case you don't know that. Um, and I have a wonderful woman here who is my guest today. And we have just been chatting away, just like old friends. And it's been a lot of fun. But now we are recording for all of you guys to listen to. And her name is Ruth. And I'm going to really bungle this one. Yunker? Yeah, perfect. Oh, my God. Okay. <sighs> and I didn't even ask. Wow. No, so Ruth is a writer and humorist. And she has published three books, two of which sound really exciting, not quite so um, applicable to this podcast, no, but really. that I do love to do, which is travel. Wow. Yes, both of them about Paris, exploring Paris, which is one of my favorite cities. I don't know what it's like now because it's been a long time since I've been there, but we won't we won't get into that. This is not a travel, not a travel podcast. And her third is Baby, I'm the Boss of Me, My Journey to Ageless, which she is holding up here. Thank you very much. Very nice picture. Thank you. Um, and Ruth has found the way to tackle the coming of old age that promises to be a fabulous continuation of the joy-filled life she's living now. She plans to use optimism, personal power, and curiosity to carry her through while maintaining her sanity, sense of humor, and joie de vivre. Her book, Baby on the Boss of Me, tells you how you can do that, too. So welcome, Ruth. I'm very happy to have you here and very happy to make your acquaintance. Thank you. And why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself and what kind of brought you to to this point in, in, in writing this book as well? Yeah. <clears throat> well, um, what brought me to this point was turning 70 almost three years ago. That was a terrible shock, blow to the ego, and no amount of saying, well, you survived this long helped. You know, and then first I wasn't going to talk about it. I mean, my personal friends knew me, but, you know, on social media or something like that, you know, I didn't even have a big party. I had a big party for my 60th. I sort of thought that, that and that was wonderful. But yeah, so I turned 70 and it took me a week to, you know, get over it and say, hey, it's my 70th birthday. Oh, my God. And have everybody say, oh, you look so great and stuff like that. And then and then. I turned, I woke up one day and it was my 71st birthday. Oh. Uh-huh. And then it was my 72nd birthday. And that day, that morning, I got up and I looked in the mirror and I saw the same person that I've always been, it feels like, you know, and yeah. I suddenly understood and I didn't feel like any age. I didn't feel like any age. I didn't feel young. I didn't feel old. I did, I just felt like me. And for the first time in my life, the true meaning of the word ageless 
hit me. And ageless in my for me doesn't mean somebody who's just living forever. It means there you have no age in your mind. Mm-hmm. Just who you are. And so that's what got me to here. And along the way, like with my book, um, I've developed, you know, things that I think work for me and maybe they would work for other people. I, I, I honestly don't care how anybody handles their aging. You know, I mean, get the people that will say, well, sure, but you work at it. And, you know, the naysayers and I'm going to do it organically. Well, fine, you know, do whatever you want. As I've gotten older and I'm the second oldest of a large family and I have two children, two ex-husbands, a myriad of pets who have gone over. (laughs) Um, I have gotten a lot less controlling I think, I don't know what my siblings would say, but, you know, I've, I've just learned what's worked for me really. And this is also works for aging is, you know, if I can't do anything about it, then let it go. And the other thing that I did a few years ago was I consciously gave up worrying. Now I haven't been able to complete the process, you know, it's practice makes perfect, but I, I gave up I suddenly it became very clear to me that worrying about things that I had no control over was, you know, gonna a killer. You know, you see these people with these long, desperate faces, and you know, it's 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 Mm -hmm. the worrying thing is awful. Of course, there's things to worry about. Do what you can about them, but then I always have a backup plan in my mind too. So. But the worrying thing that I think that just drags people down. So that's one of my many helpful hints about getting to the stage of feeling as good as I have. I've never been at a better weight. I have arthritis in my lower back from being a huge over exerciser. I do yoga very seriously. I walk every morning and I'm lucky enough to be by the boardwalk on the beach and I <clears throat> take my I used to jog, but my back I have scoliosis. That won't that won't um handle yeah. it more and um and I have my son is constantly telling me how to take care of my health so he's, he's a health fanatic and uh I found that getting older and staying getting older takes a lot of work or it takes a lot of work for me mm-hmm. to stay on path with again the joie de vivre the being yeah. curious being you yeah. know brave about things wanting yeah. to try the new thing and not settling or you know I I know there's things that I do that like my mother or my father may have done or you know my father used to always hold things with his hands and drop them like that and I'm starting to do these finger exercises so that I oh good thinking you know like stay strong in your fingers yeah yeah balancing act where you stand on one foot now luckily with yoga I have a lot of experience how to maintain it but my scoliosis is wanting I would be sitting like this if if my body had its way you know I'm on a straight back chair right now Uh yeah I go to chiropractor every other week he straightens me up and you know it's a constant it's a job when I see an older person who's older than I am, and I can tell they're in their 80s or their 90s, and they're out and about, yes. beautifully, meticulously dressed, in yes. whatever if it's casual, or, and they're standing straight, yeah. standing straight thing. Do not lean on your wheelchair, your wheelchair, you'll be in one, your grocery store cart. Oh, you know? yeah, 
Yeah. Don't lean on it. It's right there to hold you up straight. You know, it's, it's little things like that. It's a constant, you know, so, I mean, for me, that's the health part of it. The psychological part is different. And that got developed more during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And we were all at home, which I personally loved. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I love my social life, but I just, it was, it was, I liked it. <clears throat> it was to take, to start noticing in your daily life, those little tiny miracles that you don't even notice and stop fretting about the big stuff or feeling sorry for yourself. Yes. Unless you have real serious reasons. And I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about severe depression, mm-hmm. loss of children or I'm not, that is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about just your average Joe, like I am, who Mm -hmm. says, oh my God, this is the, this is the best sip of water I've had all day. You know, thank God for water. There it is. And it looks very pretty on my table, you know, or just, just anything. This is my favorite pen. They tried to get rid of it. So I found it on Amazon. Thank God for Amazon. But to take joy and pleasure in the tiny little things that are in your house that you don't pay any attention to. Yeah. So many people don't. So so that's yeah. it. Oh, and then I also, I am an alcoholic and I quit drinking 22 years ago. And so many people can enjoy their alcohol and 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 I don't even care if you ever do or don't give it up. It's not necessary. But for someone like me, it was necessary. Mm-hmm. And it gave me back. I gave myself back my intuition, trusting my gut instinct after eight years of sobriety, coming up to 22 wow. years. And um, so that helped me too. I mean, uh-huh. I eat sugar, I eat whatever I want. I just don't eat too much. I exercise a lot. I do all that kind of stuff. But it's the psychological work I think is key. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And, and <clears throat> well, first off, congratulations. Because oh, you've done a wonderful job, I can tell. Oh, thanks. So. <laughs> As I'm surprised. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, there's um, it. It makes such a huge difference in people's lives. I know it made a huge difference in my life. Just to realize that you know we we're we're okay. Yeah, we're okay, just the way we are. Yeah, you know, there's all these other things that may be going on. There may be issues that come up. There may be, you know, sicknesses and changes and, you know, it goes on and on and on. But at the bottom of the whole thing, we're all okay. That's why worrying doesn't do anything. It doesn't, it doesn't create anything except negative. And your organs are screaming, leave me alone. Yeah. This is doing to my kidneys. You worrying about money again. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's something some people worry about no matter how much or how little you have. You worry about that for your entire life. I saw my father. He didn't worry because he 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 worked hard. He was quite successful. But he just he said, you know, it's it it, it all works out. It all works out. Maybe yeah. you don't like the answer at first. You know, you don't get that job you want. The first place you send your book to, they don't accept it. You know, you're the kid the first time he says to you, I hate you, and he's 14 and you want to kill him. But you love him too much to kill him yet <laughs> or by accident. It's, yeah, but it's particularly I there's I don't know. I was never a whiner. Exactly. I, I got moved around a lot as a child, so I could feel very sorry for myself about that. But every single move was enlightening 
you know, uh, understand yeah. the people that lived in different places. Yeah. I was telling you earlier, I could get along anywhere. You yeah. Know, really. I understand people who speak to me, speak English with accents. And I go out of my way to, to be that way because over when I lived in Belgium, I spoke, my French was spoken with an accent and people made it a point to understand what I was saying. And, you know, there's, there's, so it's, it's, it's kind of a settling, it's not even a settling back, but although I do, I don't like naps as much as I used to, but I don't like to get up in the morning and I get up early, (laughs) but, um, I, I don't understand. Well, here's the thing. I think I think it gets in the your brain patterns get engraved in your brain, mm. and it takes a huge amount of work and time. I also believe in therapy. I'm not in therapy right now, but I have been off and on. Mm. My life. Mm. But it gets engraved, and you know, it's like that relaxed feeling when you suddenly realize you're still mad at that person for something that happened for 20 years ago, and you get all revved up again. I bet that happens to everybody. I have an argument with somebody every morning when I'm making my bed, you know, and every morning I say, okay, I'm done with that argument. We we get along now. That argument's done. So then another argument pops into my mind and I'm finally beginning to make my bed without there being an argument. I'm always a little stressed out when I make my bed. It must be a habit, you know, it's just a habit because or waking up at four in the morning and saying, this is it. It's all over. The other day, what was I worrying? Oh, yeah, I was starting to worry about the same old thing that I worry about, whatever the current thing is. And then I said to myself, you know what, Yonker? You're going to be 73 years old on your next birthday. You're that much closer to dying. Does this little problem you're worrying about really matter to you so that you feel this gut worry and you're, you know, about it? I'm not even worried about dying in the same way I'm worried about this minuscule little issue, whatever the current one is, you know? Yeah. I yeah. mean, so, and that's sort of, I don't like it when I talk to myself like that, but sometimes it's necessary. Yeah, no, no, you do, you do. And I think as you, as one gets older, you have to keep reminding yourself that <clears throat> that there's a lot <laughs> less time ahead of you than there is behind you. And yeah, you better and, remember that and do the things that are important. Yes, but don't let it upset you. Don't let it oh, no, 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 no. you about dying. Because, you know, no, 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 I'm, no, no, yeah. not that. I yeah. I, to- I totally agree, but it means that you should stop worrying and rewinding the tape of past things that drive you crazy. Exactly. And exactly. just spend some time thinking about the things that make you happy. Right. Like barbecue. And living your life. Yeah. <laughs> I suddenly thought, oh my God, barbecue potato chips right down at the corner. There's a little store and they have my favorite part. <laughs> I'm digressing. I don't yeah. do that with barbecue potato chips, but it's an issue. Yeah, but plain ones be fine, right? <laughs> no. Oh, God. Oh, no. oh, okay. No. That's like people no. eat their hamburgers without a bun and call it a hamburger. I have a whole chapter in my book about people who eat their hamburgers without a bun. One of my sisters is like that. She, I'll have a hamburger, please leave the bun off. All you have then is a naked, bare, very embarrassed meat patty. Just so you know. <laughs> Well, well, hopefully she puts mustard or ketchup on it or something to obscure the flavor. Oh my God. I, I, yes, I, I, I put everything, my hamburger, yeah. it's, I don't eat them that often. Not, and not on purpose. I'm just too lazy. Yeah. I'll yeah. go out well. 
get one. You know, the other day they actually cooked it perfectly. It was wonderful. Ah, okay. Yeah. See, I, I don't do, I don't do hamburgers. I'm just allergic to the whole cow. So anything that comes yeah. from it is just, well, you, you know. Have a whole, see, now that's a whole different thing that, yeah. that you've learned to accept. I, mine is the, the scoliosis, the back issues. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, mm-hmm. they do hurt. I mean, it's like when I stand up from this chair, I'll have to stretch out and, mm-hmm. you know, it's a constant issue. But once I, but it's forced me, and I think this is, you'll find it's forced that kind of a chronic issue forces mm-hmm. one to um, be more aware, and you have to live healthier even though you don't feel like it. Thank you. you know? Yes. Oh, yeah. No, no, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, sure. say, yeah. Yeah. Cleaned up my diet totally. Yeah. And cleaned up my posture and squirt. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why yoga is my savior and Pilates. Yeah. I know I need to, I need to start doing something like that. I well, walk, but I don't do. Time. Well, but no, I have, time. I have very bad, I have very bad posture. I've been trying <gasps> to remind myself to sit up straight and stand up straight. Yeah. I had a mother who kind of tapped me. She was a Southerner and she kind of tapped me behind my stand up. Oh yeah. Yeah. But, oh, and it I have a facelift. That's somebody else somebody said oh, to me. Oh, okay. yeah, I do, I do all that stuff. I'm totally right. into maintenance, you know, and um, and so that helps too. And so for someone who gets mad at me about that, what they're really mad at is they want one too, but they're either afraid mm-hmm. to or they can't afford it or whatever the situation is. Yeah. But don't mm-hmm. get mad at me about it. You know, that's something I right. made the choice to get it and you're making the choice not to get it. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I agree. I did not have a bad, a bad reaction at all. The people I say, well, I'm afraid of what they'll do to my, well, then don't get it, but don't, you know. Right. But so I'm, I'm into that. And my daughter, I, she was, I think 30 when I had it along 15 years ago or so. Mm. She said, how can you do that, mom? You know, I thought you just wanted to age organically and all that, you know, and Again, I write about that here. Telling your grown daughter about the facelift, they're always upset at you. They're always, they don't want you to do it. And I think I figured out why. Ah. They, yeah, there's, it's twofold. One is they, they think they, they feel that you're worrying about yourself. They, oh. they, they want their mothers to feel strong and be the woman okay. that is always there for not worried and not aging and not, you know, they want, they don't want, yeah it's really like that and um yeah, yeah. maybe so, yeah and and kind of they it means that they have to accept that you're not going to be around at some point yes all of that subliminally right. i think yeah. plays out in it you know and 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 then the other thing is you know they're 25 years old when they're telling you this and it's like i'll never have a facelift yeah okay fine fine the 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 playing field was leveled when at about the age of 35 which was a lot younger than I was when I started Botox she called to say oh who's your Botox person mom (laughs) yeah so you know I was like oh okay great you know that's fine but but really it is that kind of thing when your children are having that kind of reaction to you or when anybody's having a reaction to you that's the other thing that I think for me is important is thinking where are they coming from at this moment if it feels like an attack on me it's really about them of course and I know it when I'm attacking somebody you know and especially when I'm making my bed and I've got Sue Ellen over there that I'm just (laughs) laying into you know it's really about whatever 
she has that I want or whatever it is. It's never a good thing, actually. It's never noble. Well, no. You don't have to be noble either, but, you know, it pays to... There's no such thing as a noble complaint. No, no. No, no, none of it works because it's really, especially if you're really angry at the powers that be or the universe, you really lost out. Because, yeah, huh? You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're really wasting your time. Yeah. Oh, I mean, or, or, or believe what you want. Like I believe, you know, my father used to say, "Look, we've got a little guardian," and he was a successful corporate exec. We've got a little guardian angel on our shoulder. And they may be not paying attention that much to you that day, but you know, you've always got a little somebody. I think you always, what you have is your inner self, whatever it is. And, and yes, feel happy, you know, be proud of yourself. If, if, if you know how, again, we're talking about somebody's got parents that blew it badly raising them, you know, that's, that's a whole other issue. And in that one, I say, go to therapy, please. The first time I went to therapy, I walked in there and I sat down and I thought she was going to ask me questions. She said, okay, start talking. And it was the first time I, I, I was, you mean about myself? <laughs> she said, yes, how can I get to know you or see what it is? You, you know, and I gradually got the idea that it's as you talk and they kind of ask you questions here that you can sort of figure out the first time it really made sense was I said, well, this is the problem, that person and this person. And she said, all right, there are three people here who was the common denominator in everything you just told me i love it <laughs> i used to say that to my kids when they were little i'd be glaring down at them uh-huh. they would never kneel down in front of your child and well now they're taller than anyway but i said i would say why is mommy mad at you why is mommy mad well because I, I didn't put my shoes on right away yes that's why mommy's mad you see if you just put your shoes on i wouldn't be mad and it was just, I could see it, especially my son's eyes, kind of this like realization of the, his consequences of something that I was mad over an easy little thing. He could have just done it, put his shoes on. It wasn't, I mean, he had to put his shoes on. He was going to school, poor baby. I hated school from beginning to end. My mother used to always say, I don't know why you don't like school, Ruth, you know. I love school. And I said, that's because you grew up in Louisville, Kentucky. You went to the same school all your life and you didn't have to be a new kid every other year for the entire time you were growing up. That's why. And I, that's, I'm, I'm digressing here. Yes, yes, yes. And you're probably saying it a lot clearer than you did when you were that big. I... Oh, no, at that age, I didn't. But when I was an adult. Oh, okay. I see. Poor mother. Got it. Okay. Oh, yeah. And I've got an adult daughter, so I get it right back now, too. Oh, yes. I'm, I have no doubt. I have no doubt. Yeah. Well, don't have that issue in my family. So. Oh, yes, you do. <laughs> no, they're grown. They they have, they, no. Nah. They don't get mad once they're grown up, which is nice. Yeah. They're no, no, no. Yeah, no, mine are no, don't take care of me in my old age. My son is to pull the plug because he's a psychologist and he's more clear-minded. My daughter's a lawyer and she's to take care of all the paperwork mm. because she never puts her dogs down in time. She keeps them alive too long. Oh my God. I know. She's, I think she's changed finally with the last one. But I said, when I, when I set up the trust, it was all about, you do this part because you're good at it. And you do this. And my son said, don't worry, Ma, I'll pull the plug. I was like, oh, but I did. First discussed it with me, and then <laughs> you gotta laugh at it all. It's insane, you know. Life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. It is. And 
you know, to be to be honest about it, it's when it gets to that point when you do have to figure out if you pull, pull the plug or not or or whatever, it's very it's very emotionally upsetting. And it oh. physically you can just, you know, and so that's why you need to have all your ducks in a row way before that, you know, whether it's wills or or whatever. Um, yeah, 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 because we just see too much of it keeping, unless they want to stay alive, you know, right. Father, my mother died of uh, lung cancer at 78. So and she didn't fight it once it, there was nothing she could do. Um, but my father by he lived on for he died at 93. And he was he was done. And he was an a cheerful but you know he missed my mother and by 93 and he had that pacemaker in we he said get it out of me and we finally got permission from the doctor to take the pacemaker out but the technician wouldn't do it because wow. he didn't yeah and that was okay I mean yeah. you know to put that on somebody else isn't good either That's but true. you know have things on my sister-in-law my sister my the wife of my younger brother has Alzheimer's mm-hmm. and it's yeah. painful to watch it happening to her yeah. and painful to her. Yes. You know, she's still yeah. aware enough. Yeah. But it's, you know, and, but they obviously are going to keep her going. She and he, my, the two of them, I know mm-hmm. discussed it because she's a high powered nurse in the, she took care of neonatal babies and brilliant woman. Okay. Actually. Yeah. And now you put food down in front of her and she says, what am I supposed to do with this? Oh, she doesn't say it that clearly. Mm-hmm. But I know they they're gonna yeah. he's staying with her. They're, they didn't make any plan for her to check out early. So and now it would be too late. So yeah, yeah, no, no, oh yeah, no, no. That's my my mother. My mother did. I mean, she she came up here and things didn't work out. And um, and I think the reason she came up here to be with me was which that's totally upended my life. But that's a whole other story. Um, <laughs> she she was ready to go she was in her mid 90s yeah she was having a few you know episodes where she think that the guy she kept saying the guy upstairs ah. was talking about her except there was no upstairs she was on the top floor um you mean god for god that's what i think it's yeah exactly yeah really yeah that's okay. but anyways but she she went she you know my one of my brothers came and and we helped her we helped her leave and bless her heart, she wouldn't leave while either of us was in the room with her. Uh, I think my she waited till the nurse was there at, at her house. She actually wasn't a nurse; she was the, you know someone who had been working with yeah. her, and helping her. And um, that was when she went. And That's so long it took. So long, God, how exhausting it was. I know. Three worst weeks of my father's life were his last three because you know, he wasn't actually ill. I mean, he'd had a stroke. Yeah. A year, a year before then, I'd gotten him. We were having dinner, and he had the stroke, and oh. got him in time for the stroke medication and all of that work. But he, but when his body starts shutting down, and we just did hospice because we were asked that we asked, and you know, right. one of my sisters and I made the choice that this instead of <clears throat> propping him up <clears throat> one more time because he wouldn't drink water, he wouldn't eat, he didn't want to walk. He was just, yep, you got said, it. I'm tired of this. I'm tired yep. of it. So, yeah. uh, you know, but your body doesn't feel good when it's shutting mm-hmm. down. Yeah, that was surprised me. I used to say, oh, I'm going to do a lot of cocaine when I'm dying so that I can be on top of things, you know. You don't care about things like that. 
No. Um, didn't either. She let go very, very slowly, went on hospice, did three chemotherapy times. Uh-huh. And said, nope, oh, wow. Okay. This is not going to yeah. be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, my mother, we brought in hospice and they, they very nicely agreed to her going yeah you just you know, keep on her own more you know she just yeah well she she stopped eating and drinking and they gave us morphine to give her yeah that's what we did with my mother and my father yeah, yeah. and uh so, hospice was wonderful that way i mean we put yeah. our animals down the minute we know there's an issue mm-hmm. and there and the animals are fine with it, really they don't know yeah. you know yeah no i know yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, there's but a now, wonderful yeah, living. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I was just going to put in a plug for a wonderful organization that has been fighting for this, which is called Compassion and Choices. Oh, wonderful. Yes. And California, they started, they actually started up in Oregon. And a yeah, couple Oregon. of years ago, they actually got it passed through the California legislature as well. So people can make that choice. And that's. And do that it is- legally. Because it used to be illegal. Oh, I know. I mean, yeah. to me, when I know someone who's made, because I don't know if I'd be able to actually have the nerve to do it. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I don't know. I really yeah. don't know. But yeah. I, I know, and I feel the same way about someone as an adult who's committed suicide, not a teenager. We should catch them first. Yeah, that's a whole different issue. Yeah. yeah. But the older person who commits suicide, why is that against the law? I mean, it's insane. I respect that person. I feel so bad because to feel that hopeless and then that's their choice. And usually it's recurring serious depression. Yes. Which nine, you know, another thing to make laws about something with which you've had no experience. You just have a psychological notion of what it is. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, those, those things it's who knows i i saw both of my parents go out they both did it with dignity so i hope mm. you know i'm not some painful yeah. wasting away disease mom's cancer was pretty fast you know mm. and she'd been a smoker she said i didn't have a single vice that i got away with i mean she had sex once with my father when on her high school grad or no his whatever and they got uh-huh. pregnant in 43, there I am, pregnant. I didn't even want to have children. You know, she grew up poor. She didn't want to. Yeah. Found herself, you know, and I found out they had to get married when I was 12. And so oh. I was in the middle of puberty. Oh, went no. rushing into the bathroom there in Belgium. She's on her knees at the at the bathtub bathing my three-year-old sister and my six-year-old sister. Oh, no. Two beauties with the newest baby on the bassinet over there. I mean... The wages of her sin, you know, and she's 38 years old. I realize now at the height of her beauty and I rush in there, a good little Catholic girl and said, I just figured out you and dad had to get married and her whole face. Oh no. And my two little, and I started crying and slammed out of there. And as I was slamming out of there, I heard the older of the little sister say, is Ruthie crying? You know, it was a terrible, I apologized to my mother so many times and I got it back when my, my 15 year old found my marijuana in <laughs> my husband's socks. Now why she was looking in there, I don't know. But anyway, then she said, you lied to me. 
Yeah. Well, no, I just, I didn't think you were old enough to understand. And, you know. Yeah, I just omitted, I omitted information. It's not lying, right? Yeah, <laughs> I, you know, you didn't need to know at 10 that yes, it was marijuana in the house. No, you didn't need yeah. to know that. <laughs> and it wasn't hurting you. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I mean, yeah. it all comes around. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. I think it's, I think. The circle of I, life. Oh, I was going to say, I don't know how you feel about this, but also, and it depends on the person and women have to make their choice. But in terms of my aging process, what I also believe in for myself is hormone replacement. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, I've been on it for 15 years, yeah. almost 18 years. And I was in Norway once and my luggage had gotten lost and in it was my... Uh-oh. Yeah, my estrogen patches, and that's when I found Uh-oh. out that Norway is very pro estrogen replacement treatment. You can go right in there. I didn't have. She said, "Well, what kind do you want?" She showed me. She said, "Here, you you're on seven point five. You can get ten. I went ten. Ten really? I didn't. Anyway, I said, well, "I'll stick to what I'm. You know, I'll get the seven. You know." And she looked a little disappointed, but um, <clears throat> I I think that helps me in a lot of ways. Now, breast cancer, which they've got us by the throats they've got men by the testicles with prostate cancer everybody's going to get that you know um isn't in my family per se but it's also curable basically unless it's a different type Mm. and there's so many other things that i have genetically in my family which would be heart disease that they never talk about and estrogen is good for that it's good for the bones which helps my arthritis and my scoliosis and so i for me i it works for me. And I've never had a doctor just fall over and throw it at me, except at the very beginning. My one now, she's very modern and for it, but I'm also in there once a year. Mammograms for me only every three years. I'm not going to have them. Yeah, I, yeah, they'll me, find it eventually if they. I, I, no, I, well, we won't go down that road. I'll tell you after we get off. Okay. Um, but uh, yes, and, and I, I agree. And I, I, did the estrogen thing for a, for a while when I was going through menopause mm-hmm. and it just didn't really agree with me particularly. It helped kind of then, but the side effects for me weren't great. And I know there's a lot of different ones out there, but I just was like, you know, not, you not important. It. Yeah. And you know why also, because you're, because of your allergies and all that and paying attention to it. And this, well, this is another thing that's important yeah. as we age is that you're aware of what your body feels like. It's like, I've, I've been vaccinated both times. I've yeah. had one booster. I'm not getting any more. I'd rather just finally get COVID or something, you know? I mean, because I- well, I, I got I, them all and got COVID, so- Well, we see, go. and yeah. I can feel But that. I didn't end up in the hospital. That's, well, yeah. the, that's what it's good for. Yes, and also apparently, well, anyway, there's mm-hmm. so many versions, and I was all for mm-hmm. getting, I mean, I never get a flu shot either. What I was mm-hmm. getting at is that you pay attention to your body, yes. and it talks to you, and I yes. do too. I mean, I say thank you to my organs. I, I've told my skin, since it looks 90 years old from all the suntan I, I used oh, to do, yes, I have you know, the nice little covered up arms here. They've got muscles, but all the skin. Um Yes, all the all little, little dark, dark things. Oh, dark. And I, all you do is look at my, I knock something and I get a bruise. Oh, like yes, yes. I mean, yes, I just I... look at it and it goes, oh, where'd you come from? So today I said, nah, sorry about you. Now go away. It says, well, yeah. it'll take me about two weeks. So I cover up makeup if I have to. But <clears throat> um, is to pay attention. So like for you, 
estrogen didn't, it didn't feel good. Now I waited until after I went through menopause because at the time I read that it's better to go through it, you know, naturally. Yes. Yes. And then, and then I, you know, I had issues with sex with my husband, mm-hmm. no medication. And I mentioned it to my doctor. He said, oh, for heaven's sake, get on estrogen. He put me on, and that immediately solved that problem. So I was kind of a convert, like what else does it do? But a lot of times these things don't feel like anything is happening one way or the other. If you're, if you're not in touch with your body, like you are, and like mm-hmm. I am, you know, yeah. very in touch with, because of these things, issues we have with it that yeah. aren't necessarily going to kill us off unless we yeah. don't really pay attention. Yeah. Yeah. My scoliosis won't kill me off, but it'll get me over like this very quickly. If I'm not yeah. even yeah. doing that, I'm saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. Well, and, and I'm going to point out as well that it's not just women. It's the oh, same thing. Yeah, right. It's just the names are changed, right? The names are different as to what the issues are. Oh, typically, absolutely. but they, they have, they have to have the same kind of attitude that we have mm-hmm. in order to age well. Yeah. I, you, and, it, it, and they're not taught that. No, they're not. You know, that's hard to feel sorry for them, but uh, I'll, I'll do my now, best. Now, um, now, now. I have a son. He said to me the other day, you think I need Botox? I said, oh, for God. no, you don't. You know, you've got beautiful skin. You know, the daughter, she's she's got beautiful skin too. And she's a little bit younger, but she's a lot, she's more stressed out than he is. Ah, well, that'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, it's in the, going to be in the podcast. So did you? So no, I'm kidding about done. that. I mean, yeah, you know, I know. I mean, she said, somehow I found myself in divorce law. And she said, I, I don't know how this happened. She's on, on her own. And she said, it's just exhausting. Oh. During the pandemic, boy, business boomed. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That makes perfect sense. I know. It's kind of that funny. makes perfect sense. All of a sudden, people had to actually be spending time with each other. Yeah. And with this, and with this, the overwhelming sense of weirdness that the whole, what I thought found fantastically interesting about this pandemic is that it was worldwide. Yeah. I mean, it was worldwide. Nobody could say, like, somebody liked to say, well, our country is such a mess. And look at this pandemic we have. No, no. The whole world had a pandemic. I mean, I'm in in China, not China, they already wear masks, but, you know, like anywhere, South America, everywhere, they just, and and the one thing I like about Instagram is it's it's so international for me anyway. Yeah. I mean, you know, the same complaints were going on. Yeah. Yeah. Even though everyone, every, every country was treating it differently. Differently, but trying, but they were, they were reacting. Oh, no, exactly. No, but, but, but my point is that it, you know, everyone was complaining they were complaining either about the masks or they were complaining about having to stay home or whatever it was. They were always complaining, always complaining. about whatever it was. Yeah. And, the whole world, every, the whole world was doing it. It's like, hello, knock on, knock, knock, knock. It's, you know, it's, it's traveling. What I love about traveling is to get over there and, and wherever it is and find out that the teenagers are just as mad at their parents and friends as they are here. It really is hormonal, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's like, so, you know, it, it's, yeah. it's a, uh, human beings. We tend to have some stuff that's exactly the same as everybody else. <laughs> a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff. We just look different. Um, anyways. <clears throat> okay. Well, we should probably wrap this up because I think you and I could probably talk for at least another couple of hours without a problem. So um, I will, I will say, and I, and I will reiterate again, which I just said a little bit ago, which is that a lot of the things that we've been talking about apply to men yes and to women 
yeah. and, it, and it starts early. It doesn't start when you're in your 60s or your 70s, oh. right? So just be aware. <clears throat> and if you're aware, then you don't need to go through all the, pardon my language, shit that so many people go through and the anxiety yeah. that people go through when they start aging. Just be happy about it because you're still alive. Oh, you're still alive. And the other thing is, <clears throat> well, I think a lot of people get into the victim mode. Yeah. You know, they're really good at that. That For me, when I got sober, I went to AA. I don't feel so much now, but I love it. I'll be forever grateful for it. And it was always like, in this thing that went wrong, you're you're 50% of the problem. And the other person is, it's not always their fault. What did you do wrong? And the person will say, well, I'll tell you what, I, I'm supposed to take it. And no, no. Figuring out what you did wrong or what your part was in this situation right. you don't like. Like maybe you're 90 pounds overweight and it's going to be whose fault? Santa Claus? I mean, you know, if you figure out what your part is, you give up being a victim because you can then start doing something about it. That's right. You can take action. You take action and you're no longer the victim. There's nothing worse than being a victim that you, mm -hmm. you know, and, and so the aging thing, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm going to be 73. I'm going to have a black tie party, save the date. And uh, when I'm 75, you'll get an okay. invitation. Okay. And, um, but black tie. Uh -oh. oh god Ruth, but i still and the other thing remember whatever age you are every time you're an age where it's a zero 60 70 80 you know 10 uh -huh. people bring you wonderful presents much yeah, celebrate better. yeah celebrate, huh? here, my 60th birthday i had 25 women oh. and my father my brother and my son you know but oh, was, okay was, yeah, yeah they can come yeah they could come yeah and i never got more thoughtful and you know more thoughtful gifts it was yeah. it was really great i just so now i'm oh, more fun what i and i don't give gifts unless it's something special like that my mm -hmm. mother once said look at i had six children you all have spouses i am no longer for one thing remembering your wedding anniversaries that's your problem now, some of you've been married more than once <laughs> and secondly when it comes to birthdays if you're in the same town as i'm in I will get you a gift, but if you're far away and it means I have to mail it, it's not happening. Yeah, forget it. Right. Yep. Yep. That's what gift certificates are for. Yeah. <laughs> Amazon. Good that old That too. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But you and I both remember back before Amazon was around. Oh so it was gift certificates, right? Oh, yes. But I'm so at whatever department store you wanted, you, you like to shop at. <laughs> Yeah, that was, and especially if you knew, I, I had a little stepdaughter um, when I married my second husband. We had between, we each had two children. And so we had two six-year-olds, an eight-year-old, and a nine-year-old. It was oh an God. amazing experience. <laughs> thank God for therapy. Later on, as teenagers, they all came to us and told us, thank you. Anyway, wow. oldest, his oldest daughter and I did not really get along. We really didn't, but we were good. At, you know, I mean, I was, I was a good mother and she mm -hmm. had a good mother and I, you know, we were good about it, but her father mm -hmm there well had left earlier but now it was you know she she didn't have her father the same amount of time but but what I was going to say about her she always wanted to be a bad girl at school but she just wasn't bad enough to be a bad girl but nonetheless she gave the most thoughtful gifts from the time she was 10 years old she, wow. you know she gave what you wanted you know wow. and, and the other thing she could do was arrange flowers 
even better than I could. So whenever I had a party at a certain point, I think she was about 12, I asked her if she would arrange the flowers and she was like, yes, you know. So on those two things, we, I, I, and she's the only one of our four children that, well, my daughter's marriage is catching up, but she got married to the good guy, had the two kids, they're still married. It's like, oh. All right, good for her. Yeah. Good for her. Yeah. Got all right. <laughs> that's great. That's great. Well, that sounds like a wonderful place to uh, to wrap this up. Okay. And I would like very much to thank you for being on. And I will also end this as I usually do, which is that this is not to be seen as medical advice. It's just good advice. And neither of us are medical people. Neither of us are doctors. So I'm a humorist. (laughs) Well, there you go. (laughs) And I'm just, you know, a lay person out here, you know, pretending like I know all this stuff. So. On that note, I will say goodbye, and I will see all of you next week. Hello, everyone. This is your host, Susan. And I wanted to say that I really hope that you enjoyed this interview, along with all my others, that have so much valuable information. And I know that I enjoy doing them, in case you hadn't figured that out. To thank you for being a Healthy Tips After 50 listener, I'm offering the gift of a powerful coaching experience with me to anyone in the HCA 50 family. If you are interested in a gifted session with me, send an email to susanrr at healthytipsafter50, and that's all spelled out except for the 5-0, Dot com and put the word gift in the subject. And that's it for today. I will talk to all of you next week. This has been Healthy Tips After 50 with Susan Rosen. To stay on the cutting edge of the most effective health strategies, subscribe to this podcast and let us know what you thought of the show with a comment or like on iTunes. Visit healthytipsafter50.com for this episode's show notes, more resources, and free offers.